everybody has a self-critical voice. This is not just you or me. Everybody has a voice that tells them that they didn't do good enough, that they're lazy, that they something is wrong with them, that they you know, aren't smart enough or they're an imposter and all of these things. That voice is sometimes louder and sometimes not as loud, but we all have it. So the goal of self-kindness is not that you suddenly don't have the self-critical voice at all. That's just the way the brain works. It's going to come up. The question is whether you believe it. Hey, hey, this is Dr. Kavita's son. Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. This podcast is about emotions, psychology, and relationships. Every week, I'll be sharing real-life tools to help you build self-awareness, a better relationship with yourself, and more fulfilling relationships with the people that matter to you. Listen, this is the foundation on which the rest of your life is built. So let's take the time to get it right. I'll see you on the inside. Well, hello, hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. Hey, we get to chat again on my favorite day of the week when I get to hang out with you. I hope your week has gone well. We have had a lovely week so far. Yesterday was um, our seventh year wedding anniversary. And uh, we had planned to go to the beach and spend a few hours at the beach, but it was raining cats and dogs here in Connecticut (laughs) yesterday. And so that plan was out the door. And as I often say, the weather whether it's literally the weather or the events in your life, which also I consider as weather, is not something we can control, right? We plan one thing, something else happens. Life and circumstances do their thing irrespective of our intentions or our plans. And so it was literally the weather not cooperating with our plans yesterday, (laughs) And so we had to use our tools of emotional flexibility in order to um, have a lovely day regardless. And we did. It was uh, wonderful. We ended up going to a local museum here in Hartford, Connecticut, which is where we live. And um, we'd actually never visited the Wadsworth, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, given that I've lived here for more than a decade now. And so we did. We went and visited the Wadsworth and it was amazing. We had a tour and uh, saw some beautiful pieces um, and learned a lot about Impressionist and uh, the beginning of Cubism and all that. Just really enlightening and fun. And then we had a lovely dinner. So that's what's happening in my world. And um, so today, I wanted to talk to you about the topic that has been occurring to me because I've been grappling with it myself. And also I've been seeing, you know, when you're starting to grapple with something in your own life and um, you're noticing it coming up as a theme in your own life, then you start noticing it everywhere else too, right? This happens to me all the time. So I am noticing this theme of self-trust coming up a lot in my own life. And lo and behold, I notice more clients have been asking us, 
about how do I trust myself? How do I trust other people? How do I let go of resentment and rebuild trust? How do I trust that things will be okay in the future so I can let go of my anxiety and worry? And all of these questions around trust. Maybe people are asking more of it or maybe I'm just noticing more because I myself am grappling with it in my own life. Nevertheless, <laughs> you know that I also like to bring to you, our podcast family, anything that I am thinking about and sharing and um, helping our clients with. So today we're going to talk about self-trust. But before we actually get into that, I want to share that we are going to be doing a challenge on boundaries. The way I teach boundaries is very different from anything that you've seen or heard or read out there. And it has helped me and it has helped hundreds of other people. And I'm going to be sharing it in a live free challenge for you uh, in August, August 7th to 9th. The link to register is in the show notes, completely free. Come and join us. If you register, you'll also get the replays, by the way, if in case you can't make it live. That's fine. You'll get the recordings, but you do have to register so we know where to send it to. All right. So with that, let's jump into self-trust. Now, self-trust is one of three different layers of trust itself. There is self-trust, right, which is a topic of today's conversation. But there is also trust in other people and then trust in the world or the universe. And those are the three layers of how human beings experience and relate to trust during our lifetime. Today, we're going to touch just on self-trust. Okay, It is the foundational one because when you don't have trust in yourself, it's very hard to actually trust other people or the world. Right? But it is the foundational layer, but one of the layers. All right? And the way I think about self-trust is that it has four components, okay? The first component is trusting your word. Are you able to trust your own word? Meaning, if you say that you are going to get up at a certain time, do you follow through on your own behalf? We're all better often at showing up for somebody else right? Oh, my friend and I are going to the gym together. She'll be waiting, so I have to go. We even sometimes call that accountability. And while it's very helpful, if that is the only way you get things done, you are eroding your trust in yourself because you're continuously giving yourself the message that unless somebody else is going to be affected or disappointed or you know, in some way you're going to get in trouble with somebody else. Unless that's the case, you yourself don't matter. Your disappointment, your feeling let down by you does not matter is the message that we send ourselves when we only rely on external accountability, right? So the number one thing is, do you trust your own word? Now, I could talk about what that is and what that looks like and break it down for a week. I could talk about just that for a week. But I want to just give you that 
and move on to the next thing because it'll all tie together and I want to give you an overview today. So number one is, can you trust your own word? This requires you to be clear about what your priorities are, what your intention is for the day, to only pick one or two or maximum three priorities for the day, to not just be promising, you know, a thousand things to yourself because you clearly won't be able to keep up your own word. And now you are adding to the pile of mistrust and resentment you have towards yourself, right? So that's the first layer. The second layer of self-trust is self-kindness, meaning that even when you only have three priorities and you have a clear intention for the day and you know exactly what it is that you are going to say no to so that you can keep your word for your top priorities, even when you do all that, there will be days where you will not do it, right? So keeping your word to yourself is not a black and white absolute thing. It's not like, you know, either 100% of the time you keep your word to yourself or you just, you, you know, it's too late. You don't have any trust in yourself. That's not how it works. It's, it's a gradation. So there will be times because life happens, right? Your child falls sick and you're about to leave to the gym and you couldn't go. Things will come up. You might fall sick yourself right? A work emergency may come up. You may be, you know, driving somewhere to keep your word to yourself about something and somebody may bonk into you in a parking lot. And now you have to exchange information, blah, 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 and you've missed your thing. Things happen. So when those things happen, number one, it should be the exception, not the rule, right? But when they do happen, how do you treat yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you treat yourself? If you can treat yourself with self-kindness and self-compassion, which in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a very deep dive in the podcast on what self-compassion actually is and what self-kindness actually is and how to put that into practice in your life. So watch out for that. Keep an eye out. Make sure your notifications are turned on for the podcast so you don't miss those because those are going to be gold. We just finished recording those, um, Erica and I together, and I can tell you, I learned so much. So, so the next part is self-kindness, right? How do you talk to yourself? Now, here's the thing. Everybody has a self-critical voice. This is not just you or me. Everybody has a voice that tells them that they didn't do good enough, that they're lazy, that they something is wrong with them, that they you know, aren't smart enough or they're an imposter and all of these things. That voice is sometimes louder and sometimes not as loud, but we all have it. So the goal of self-kindness is not that you suddenly don't have the self-critical voice at all. That's just the way the brain works. It's going to come up. The question is whether you believe it, whether you make decisions about how to treat yourself from that voice or whether you can see it for what it is and still treat yourself with kindness and compassion. Very important point. Don't see your self-critical voice as you having failed at developing self-trust. 
Know that that voice is there in everybody. It waxes and wanes throughout life. But the goal is actually to relate to it differently. All right? So that is self-kindness. The third layer is do you know and are you learning how to be with your emotions minute by minute without running away from them, but also without becoming overwhelmed by them. This is the most critical skill in developing self-trust and self-confidence. Because think about it. The worst thing that can happen is a feeling, right? In any situation, if you're worried you might lose your job, Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, there are practical consequences. And likely you will eventually find another job. But the thing that scares us the most is the feeling that comes with, oh my God, I might lose my job. Or, oh my God, uh, my kid is going away to camp for the first time. What if something happens? It's that feeling in the moment of dread and anxiety that we are so scared of. The worst that can happen is a feeling. I am not saying that real loss and real trauma does not exist. Trust me, I know that they do. I've experienced them myself. But what I am saying is in this moment, because this is the only moment we have, in this moment, what I'm dealing with is the feeling that I am experiencing as a result of whatever is happening around me. And that feeling is what we're mostly terrified of. So we will spend a lot of time doing things that actually erode our own self-trust if we haven't learned how to relate to our emotions. If we tend to constantly dismiss our emotions or try to distract away from our emotions or try to just act out our emotions just to get rid of them or ruminate on our emotions or get completely enmeshed and overwhelmed and flooded all the time by emotions. When we have that kind of relationship to our emotions, we will end up doing things that erode our self-trust, right? We will say to ourselves, I am going to try not to yell at the children. But when we have this sort of enmeshed relationship with our own emotions, we will end up yelling at the kids because we're scared of our own emotions. We don't know how to deal with them. So we suppress them and then we burst out. See how that then erodes your own self-trust because you told yourself one thing, but you're doing another thing, right? It's impossible to build self-trust if you don't practice the right way to be with your emotions without being engulfed or overwhelmed by them. This is a core essential skill of emotional adulthood. I say emotional adulthood because there are teenagers who can do this better than some 40-year-olds. It's not about your actual age. It's about your emotional age. To be an emotional adult, you have to learn how to be with your own emotions without getting entangled and overwhelmed by them. That's the third layer of self-trust. And the final layer is learning how to make decisions from your values and not from 
fear or momentary feelings or a sense of, I have to. I have to do this, right? That I have to is something that we create in our head. There may be things that in the moment you have to put up with, right? So for example, you've decided that this job is not in alignment with your values. Doesn't mean that you can just go throw in the towel and resign today because you figure that out in your mind. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is after you figure that out, you start putting in a plan for either addressing it courageously at your current workplace and or starting to look for other options that may be more aligned with the way you want to be in the world, which is your values. You start taking baby steps toward that is what I mean by living from your values. It does not mean that you go and resign a job today or you, you know, leave a marriage tomorrow or you decide to get married day after tomorrow. We're not talking about impulsive. When we make impulsive decisions, it actually means that we have not learned to sit with our own emotions. It means that whenever we are rushing, I want to say this again because it's really, really important. Whenever we're rushing or whenever we've been stagnant, not doing anything but just complaining, or we're rushing and making impulsive decisions, both of those come from a fear of our own emotions. Okay? If you are doing the same thing, whether it's in your job or in your parenting or in your relationship or in your health, right? If you're doing the same thing but complaining about it, or you're suddenly making rash, impulsive decisions, both of those are an indication that we don't know how to be with our own emotions without being swallowed by them. Living from your values means that, first, you know what your values are in that domain. Second, that you are taking genuine action Baby steps, but not baby steps as in analyzing the situation, but baby steps as in actually putting in practice that is out there in the world in trying slowly to course correct and come back to living from your values. So those four are, in my view, the four sort of corners the four pillars of self-trust. And self-trust itself is one layer of the way that human beings relate to trust. There's self-trust, trust in others, and trust in the world. And as we just saw, self-trust is broken into, do you keep your word, for the most part, with yourself? Number two, when you don't, when you break your own word to yourself, is it an exception rather than the rule? And can you talk kindly and act kindly to yourself, despite the self-critical voice inside everyone's head? Number three, do you know and are you learning and getting mentorship and coaching to learn how to be with your emotions without 
getting swallowed by them and without getting flooded by them or acting from the feelings, right? Because the worst thing that can happen in most circumstances is a feeling. And when we become victim to our feelings, we will do things that erode self-trust. And finally, number four, are you living and making decisions from your values? Because when you do, you can trust yourself. You can say, I have integrity. Even when things are hard, I can sense when I'm off my values. I can slowly course correct to come back in alignment. I trust that about myself. Now, I want to end with saying this is not a on-off switch. This is not something you're born with that some people know how to do and some people don't. This is something that we do develop, which is good news because it means you can begin anytime. You can begin right now. Even if you've never thought about the concept of self-trust before, if anything that I've said either feels like just a confirmation of the way you've been living or completely new news to you, it doesn't matter because you just can begin today, right? You can course correct right now. Even those who are living with self-trust are constantly course correcting. That is the way to live with self-trust. So if you're starting today, join, join the, the, the game, right? That's it. All you need to start, all you need to do is to begin and you're already developing self-trust. So my friend, think about those four things and think about your own relationship to these four elements of self-trust and start thinking about which one of these do you need to begin to tweak, if at all, any. And um, with that, I hope you found this week's podcast helpful. If you haven't yet given us a review, please do. And uh, if you found any of these episodes helpful, please share with a friend. The more people hear about the podcast and the more reviews we get, the more Apple tends to show it to those people who might need to hear this message. So help us out by helping each other out. Give us a review or, and or share an episode with a friend. And don't forget to register for the free Boundaries Challenge. The link is in the show notes. I love you and I will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do one or all of these three things. First, can you follow or subscribe to Emotional Mastery? Following the podcast helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. So to do this, just go to the Emotional Mastery show page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tap on the plus sign on the top right corner or click on the button that says follow. This is the most important thing for the podcast to reach more people. And while you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and a review and share an episode you love with a friend, I'd be so grateful. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you.